Hey, welcome back to the Family Matters series. Everyone has a family, and all families are messy. Every single family, am I right? And I'm not just talking about the people you live with, okay? Online, video cafe, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your extended family. Your aunts, your uncles, tios, tias, nieces, nephews, cousins, the whole deal. Okay, and I haven't even talked about in-laws. I love my in-laws, and I can preach a whole sermon about in-laws, if you, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yep. Y'all are with me today, and I love it. If you have a messy family, say amen. amen. Yeah, all families are messy because all people are messy. That's just how we all are. Every family's messy because all people are messy. But sometimes our families aren't just messy. Sometimes they're messed up. I love movies, so let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Like, take Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Now, what Cousin Eddie does, it's messy, right? He shows up unannounced to park his RV in front of your house for Christmas. That's messy. Take Cousin Killmonger from Black Panther. He's messed up. Like, he's throw you off of a cliff messed up, right? That's messed up. Okay, Cousin Eddie, he empties his septic system into your sewer, Cousin Killmonger tries to murder thousands of people and take over your kingdom. That's messed up. Okay, you see the difference between messy and messed up? Okay, all families are messy, but all families don't need to be messed up. All families are messy, but your family doesn't need to be messed up. And that's why we're doing this series. That's what it's all about. We're going to talk about the messiness because these are the things we usually try to hide. We're going to talk about the messiness because family matters. We want families to go from messed up to messy. See, we have to learn to love our family. We want you to have a family that you love. And to have a family you love, you have to love the family you have. Okay, I need you to hear that again. To have a family you love, you have to love the family you have. But we all know that's easier said than done because our family can hurt us, they can wound us in deep foundational ways. Last week I talked a little bit about my family, and it's a little bit of a complicated family tree, right? When my mom was pregnant with me, she moved in with her uncle and his wife. They didn't have kids, so they kind of adopted me as their son, so I had two moms and a dad. And I was like nine when I figured out that was weird. Right, that I figured out that, oh, when are they getting their other mom, right, family down the street? It, I, I didn't realize that we were the weird ones. That's a little messy, right? It's a little messy when you're going out to dinner and people don't know what to think of your family situation. But they loved me so much. But beneath the surface was something in me, a bitterness, a hostility that was growing, not because of these people. These people loved me and accepted me for who I was, and I even had an extra parent but this bitterness and hostility came from rejection. I never knew my biological father, and he was not a part of my life. And that rejection created this bitterness and hostility in me, even though I had a good family, even though I had people who loved me and were there for me, I still became bitter because of this rejection. And it stayed with me. I didn't want him to hurt me anymore. I didn't want him to have power over me, so I avoided it. I didn't think about it, right? His absence was that rejection, hostile, bitter, and it didn't get better, it got worse. I thought, well, maybe as time goes on, I'll get better, but time doesn't heal all wounds. 
that's not true. And this rejection was a family wound. I call it a family wound because our family knows how to hurt us. There are lots of ways to have family wounds. Maybe you're like me and you feel rejected by your family in one way or another. Maybe your family never supported you. Maybe they weren't there when you needed them the most. You were at a tough point in your life and it feels like they weren't there at all. Maybe your family wounded you by how critical they were. Or maybe it wasn't how critical they were. Maybe it was that they never praised you when you succeeded. They never praised you when you did something right. And so you call home, hey, mom, dad, look at what I did. Oh, yeah, well, this is what your brother did. Right? Or they've been critical of the things you do, the choices you make. That wounds us when our family criticizes like that. Or maybe they set a bad example. Maybe your life growing up was chaotic, total chaos. And it was all messed up. And you don't even know how to move forward. That wounds you. Or maybe your family traumatized you. Maybe your family hurt you so deeply with neglect, abuse, abandonment, that that wound stays with you and you don't know if you can ever forgive and you know that you'll never forget. Family can wound us in a lot of ways and those wounds stay with us. Do you have a family wound? Somebody from the Bible who has a family wound is a character named Joseph. Now, Joseph has a crazy story but one of the things I love about all these families in the Bible is that they're all messy, and most of them are messed up. Like, the kind of messed up that makes us feel better about our families. Like, you're like, ooh, at least I'm not like that. But we can relate to these people, right? And Joseph had a family that was messy like that. And so Joseph lived in a full house. His dad lived there, his mom lived there, his brothers, his sisters. But you know who else lived there? Three stepmoms and dozens of half-brothers and sisters. You want to talk about a full house? That's messy, though. And Joseph even worked for his half-brothers, which is a whole other mess, working for your family, right? But here's the thing. What made it messed up wasn't just messy. What made it messed up is that Joseph was daddy's favorite. And Joseph's dad made it very clear that Joseph was his favorite, now, a lot of us, okay, let's be honest, a lot of us suspect that our parents have a favorite, right? A lot of us have a golden child in the family somewhere that can do no wrong, but nobody comes out and says it. It's just a feeling you have, okay? But Joseph's dad, he made it very clear because he got Joseph, his favorite son, a super expensive, very colorful, blinged out robe. That's what he did in Okay, think about this. Imagine coming down the stairs on Christmas morning and you get socks. And you make the sock smile face, right? When people are taking pictures, like, thank you. And your little sister gets a brand new car. Okay, that's messed up, right? That's messed up. That's exactly what happened to Joseph's brothers and his sisters, his half-brothers. See, Joseph's dad had a favorite and because he had a favorite, that's actually a form of rejection. Favoritism is a form of rejection. It's why some families are so crazy about staying within the dollar amount for gifts to show that there's no favoritism. But to Joseph's brothers, that favoritism felt like a deep wound. It was a deep wound because it was rejection. Because they chosen this, he chosen this child, perfect Joseph, over the rest of them. So that's what made it messed up. And his brothers were bitter. His brothers were angry. Their brothers hated Joseph. 
Now, who they really were upset with was their dad. Right? They were really upset with their dad. That's where the bitterness and the wound came from, but they took it out on Joseph. They took it out on Joseph. They couldn't say anything nice to him. They treated him terribly. And one day, they decide, we're going to get rid of Joseph once and for all. So first they say, okay, we're going to murder him. Right? We're going to murder him, and we're going to take that robe. Okay? They decide not to do that, and they say, well, okay, we don't want blood on our hands. Let's just throw him in a well and have him starve to death. Okay, nice job, brothers. That's not better. But then they say, well, if we're not going to get our hands dirty, and we don't want dad to be mad at us, why don't we make some money off of this? Let's sell our little brother into slavery. And that's what they decided to do. So there's traders coming by, and they sell their little brother Joseph into slavery. This is the ancient equivalent of human trafficking. Okay, can you imagine being Joseph? This is traumatic. You go from the beloved son to a slave at the hands of your brothers. That's a family wound. But it doesn't get better for Joseph, it gets worse. So he's a slave, and then he gets accused of a crime that he didn't commit and sent to prison. So he's in prison for a crime that he didn't commit. He's a slave that's in prison for a crime he didn't commit, but it's almost like he was on death row because he expected the Pharaoh to execute him any day for his, for his crimes. The Pharaoh was like the king of Egypt, and for what Joseph did, execution was a valid form of punishment. So he waited every day. Is today the day I'm gonna die? Is that gonna happen to me today? It got worse. But one phrase in scripture stands out through all of the difficulty that Joseph was facing. It says throughout many times, the Lord was with Joseph. He had some dark circumstances, some bad things going on in his life. The Lord was with Joseph. He had difficult things to deal with, overwhelming. The Lord was with Joseph. He was rejected by his brothers. The Lord was with Joseph. He has a family wound so deep because of what they did to him. Imagine that, right? But the Lord was with Joseph. And no matter what's going on in your life today, no matter how messy or messed up it feels, no matter what you think you've done or what somebody else has done to you, the Lord is with you. No matter how deep your family wound is, no matter what you're wrestling with, no matter what keeps you back from the life you want, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you wherever you go, no matter what you're dealing with. And I want y'all to get it. Say, the Lord is with me. Okay, now not so half-heartedly, like actually like you believe it. Say, the Lord is with me. No matter what you're going through, the Lord is with you, and he wants to be with you. It's not a compromise. It's not an accident. See, Joseph, his relationship with God in a messed up situation helped him navigate it. It helped him move forward. It helped him not to be, not to be so bitter. He had perspective in his pain because he had a relationship with God. The Lord was with him. He's going through the dark times. He had perspective. He trusted in God. The Lord was with him. He trusted in God to take him through. He believed that God was going to bring him through this difficult time. And you know what? God did. God brought him through. In the ultimate underdog story, the guy that had been sold into slavery by his brothers, accused of a crime he didn't commit and sent to prison, 
possibly executed, became the second in command to the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, in the most powerful nation on earth. Now that's a real underdog story, from prison to almost king. It was the highest position somebody not born of noble blood could hold. He was like the assistant Pharaoh, not the assistant to the Pharaoh. He was second in command. Okay, that's a great, it's a great thing. God was with him. He went through this. But here's what was going on at the same time. There was a famine in Joseph's homeland. So Joseph's family was starving. They were all hungry. And it's not like you can just run to H-E-B or go somewhere else. Like the farms weren't producing what they needed to produce for people to eat. And so Joseph's family, Joseph's brothers specifically, they had to get up and they had to look around. They had to go to all these different nations to try to collect enough food or move their family. And where do you think Joseph's brothers end up? Egypt. And who do you think Joseph's brothers come face to face with? Joseph. The brother they hated. The brother they sold into slavery. The brother who they could never speak a kind word to they end up in him and they're in a vulnerable position. Joseph has them exactly where you would want your enemy. Joseph is in a position to pay them back. Joseph is there, ready. He, he can pay them back. He's the little brother that's now in power. This is what he has. This is what scripture says. Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. Okay, Joseph has everything he could have ever wanted. He wanted to heal this family wound, though, and success didn't heal the family wound. See, he was very successful. He rose to power, right? Underdog to the second in command in the most powerful nation in the world, and success didn't heal his wound. He had money. He was the equivalent of a multimillionaire in that culture. He had all the money that he could want, and the money didn't heal his wound. He was powerful. He had all the power you could ask for. He could do anything he wanted, and the power didn't heal the wound. Joseph even had a family, beautiful wife, wonderful kids, and his family didn't heal the wound. But there's one thing that Joseph didn't try. There's one thing Joseph hasn't had a chance to try, and that's revenge. Okay, come on, we get this. We get this. When you see somebody that did you wrong, if you had the person in front of you that hurt you deeply, that caused that family wound, and you were in a position to judge them, to stand over them in power and decide what to do, what would you do? Come on, we know what it's like. That's a tough decision. Because we feel like revenge is going to heal the wound. We're gonna get some closure. It's gonna be over, right? This is what Joseph decides to do. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. Joseph doesn't take revenge, he forgives. 
He forgives the brothers that hurt him so deeply that caused this family wound in his life. I mean, these are the brothers that hated him, sold him into slavery. All of the misfortune in his life can be traced back to what his brothers did to him. And Joseph forgave. Now, Joseph forgave because that was the only way to heal the wound. Forgiveness is the only way to heal that family wound. He tried a bunch of other stuff and it didn't heal the wound. Forgiveness is the only way to heal that family wound. It's the only way to move your family from messed up to just messy. To have a family you love, you have to love the family you have. To have a family you love, you have to love the family you have. And the way you can love your family, the way you can start loving your family today is to put forgiveness in to practice. Now for some of you, you need to experience God's forgiveness before you can forgive others. Now, you might not have heard this before. You might be skeptic. You might have got dragged here. You might not know why you're here, but I want to tell you God loves you. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. It doesn't matter how messed up you are or how messed up your family has been. God loves you. And he doesn't just love you. He forgives you. He forgives you of anything that you've ever done. This is the God who it is. And that doesn't, that isn't something that he settles to do. That's something that he wants to do. He wants to invite you into his family. Even if you've been rejected by your family, even if there's nobody that will stand for you, nobody that has your back, God has your back and he loves you. That's the good news. And he forgives you no matter how bad what you've done is. And he wants to spend eternity with you in heaven and give you a better life here. And you don't have to earn it. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough. You can't do any of these things. That's not how it works. All you have to say is, I believe. You just gotta say, I believe in Jesus. In scripture it says, when you believe in Jesus, all your sins are forgiven in his name. That's what it teaches. When you believe in Jesus, all your sins are forgiven in his name. And it's gonna be hard for you to forgive people if you haven't been forgiven. You need to experience that forgiveness first. That is the barrier that you're facing right now. And all you have to say, like I said, is I believe in Jesus because in his name, all your sins are forgiven. You don't have to say it right now, but you could be thinking in your heart. Maybe there's something stirring. We're going to pray a little bit later and you'll have a chance to get more on that. Okay. So you haven't experienced forgiveness, so it's going to be difficult to forgive. But others of us here, you may feel like Joseph's brothers. You've done something wrong. You've created a family wound in someone. Maybe you didn't sell them into slavery or try to murder them. It's probably not that bad. But you've created a family wound in someone. Let's be real. We've done it. We've hurt the people around us. Here's what you need to do today. You need to ask for forgiveness. You need to ask for forgiveness like Joseph's brothers did. They laid themselves down in front of Joseph and asked for forgiveness. And that's what I'm asking you to, to do. The two most important words for you to love your family, if you don't listen to anything else I say today, if you don't take any of this with you, this is what I want you to take with you because I want you to have families you love. Two words, I'm sorry. These are the two most powerful words you can use to love your family and end the cycles of unforgiveness. 
and in the bitterness, in the hostility. And so some of you are here today and you need to ask somebody in your family for forgiveness. And it's not, I'm sorry you felt that way. It's not, I'm sorry you took it like that. Right? I'm sorry you thought this. No, 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 no. Don't justify, don't defend, just apologize. I'm sorry, blank, right? I'm sorry I did blank. I'm sorry for blank. Please forgive me for blank. And fill in the blank with whatever you did. You have to take responsibility for what you did. Okay, we don't know how to apologize. That's hard to do because admitting that you did something wrong is like seen as weakness in our society for some reason, and that's not okay. If you want to heal your family wounds, ask for forgiveness, and you could do it. Just, I'm sorry for, and then fill in the blank. Whatever that is that you've done, please forgive me for blank. And a lot of times we get messed up with this because we have expectations of how it's going to go. You cannot expect that person to be grateful. You cannot expect saying, I'm sorry, to fix everything. And a lot of times they're upset. A lot of times your apology unleashes anger and hostility. And then what do you do to counteract it, right? You argue back. And I'm asking you, when you say I'm sorry, don't argue. Don't start a fight. Don't get upset that the person is upset with you. Just let them feel how they feel. Part of taking responsibility for your actions is letting people feel how you made them feel by what you did. That's part of what apologizing means. And we can do this, gal. Hey, I'm not up here teaching this because I'm good at it. I'm up here teaching it because it's important to say I'm sorry. If you want to start to heal your family wounds, you say I'm sorry. And there's a huge risk because they don't have to forgive you. They're under no obligation to forgive you. That's why it's a risk. Joseph's brothers, they didn't know if this guy was going to execute them. The little brother they'd picked on, done everything to hurt and push away could have killed them, but they took the risk and apologized anyway. That's the risk that I want you to take today. I want you to ask forgiveness for what you've done. If you want to love the family you have, you have to own your actions and seek forgiveness. And for heaven's sake, stop doing what it was that you're apologizing for. If you really want to show someone you're sorry, stop doing the thing to make you sorry. So some of us, we need to ask forgiveness, but I suspect that every single one of us here, all of us, need to forgive someone. We need to forgive someone. And if you want to go from messed up to messy, forgiveness is the only way. Forgiveness is the only way you can heal that family wound. And look, we've tried other stuff. You've tried other stuff. I tried avoiding it. I tried repressing it. I tried just sitting in resentment. I tried to achieve more. Because if I achieved more, then nobody could have wounded me or rejected me because I've done so much. I tried to win the approval of people because if everybody likes me, then I'm not rejected and there's no wound. None of those things work. And you can fill in what you've tried. You've tried addictions. You've tried drinking a little bit after work. You've tried being a workaholic. You've tried relationships. You've tried just being bitter. You've tried to forget about it. You've tried all these things and it hasn't healed the wound. And it's not going to heal until you can forgive. That's the only way. But forgiveness is hard, y'all. Forgiveness is so hard to do. 
You know, I was reading this study, okay? It's a study that talks to a bunch of Christians and a bunch of church people all across the nation, all across the world. I was reading about forgiveness for this talk, and they said that one-fourth of Christians, one out of every four, struggle with forgiveness. Well, one-fourth of us struggle with forgiveness, and everyone else, y'all are lying. (laughs) Y'all are lying, lying, lying. Because we all struggle with forgiveness. Do you struggle with forgiveness? Okay, I know I'm not the only one. This is hard to do, but it's the only way. Your family is worth forgiving. Your family is worth forgiving, but forgiveness is freedom for you. Your family is worth forgiving, but forgiveness is freedom for you. It's not letting them off the hook, It's not saying what they did was right. It's not saying, oh, I'm just gonna forget about it and move on. It's not moving on. No, no, no. Forgiveness removes the burden from your back. Forgiveness heals the wound that's festering in you, that hurts, that causes so many of the behaviors you're dealing with. It removes the barrier. When you forgive, when you forgive, you can actually heal. See, when you don't forgive, though, you become a slave to that wound. And whatever that person has done to you continues to have power over you for all of your life. You're imprisoned by your wound. What they did to you was not right. It's not your fault. Whatever they did to you, it's not your fault. Somebody here today needs to hear that. What happened to you is not your fault. Being put in prison, not your fault. Staying in prison because you don't forgive, that's your fault. You can control that. You can choose. And these wounds enslave us. They are the chains that keep us bound up. Without forgiveness, there is no freedom for you. If you want freedom, you have to forgive, and only forgiveness does that. Okay, freedom is for you, but you can't find it alone. You can't find freedom alone. You can't do that Here at City Church, we have a vision that people would find freedom together. Because in finding freedom together, it's the only way to do it. Because, okay, we're all messed up. Are you messed up? I'm messed up. I'll be the first one to say it, right? I got some messed up stuff in my past that I'm recovering from. And maybe you just feel like you're messy. Maybe you are just messy, but some messed up stuff has happened in your life. And we have to heal together because you can't do it alone. And you know how I know that? If you could do it alone, you would have already done it. It's like the sink, right? If you could have fixed the sink, you wouldn't have called the plumber. But you're here today because those wounds are there. You're here today because you don't have freedom. And there's freedom available to you. And freedom is through forgiveness. And we find freedom together. We all want to be free. Nobody wants to deal with all this past stuff. Nobody wants to have these things hanging over our heads If we're being real honest, the things that happened to you, they're not just in the past. They're impacting you today. And I'm telling you, those unhealed wounds are hurting the people you love now. Your unhealed wounds are pushing people away from you because you haven't dealt with the pain. We need to find freedom together. We come together to do this. Don't be in isolation anymore. I mean, so often, these things that have happened to us, we don't want to share them. We want to keep them in the darkness. We don't want to talk about them. We don't want to talk about how we feel because it's safer not talking about it. 
But I'm asking you to take a little bit of risk. Find freedom together. We do this together. We learn how to forgive together. It's the only way that we can do it. The whole reason, right? We all have messed up stuff that's happened in our life. That's the whole reason we created Peeling the Onion. We offer a program here called Peeling the Onion. It's great. It helps you deal with all those past wounds. It's why we created it, and we all need it. We all need it. And we find freedom together. All right. We find freedom together, and Joseph was able to forgive because he was a forgiven person, right? God was with him, so because of that, he feels like he can forgive. Joseph didn't feel like it. Joseph didn't feel like forgiving, and you probably don't feel like forgiving today either. But forgiveness is complicated. It's a choice and a process. Forgiveness is a decision, and the feelings follow. That's what forgiveness is. You have to choose to forgive. I hear people all the time going, well, I don't know if I'm ready to forgive. You're never going to be ready to forgive. You're never going to feel like it. Because that hurt makes you not want to deal with it. But you have to choose to forgive and your feelings follow. This is my story. Choosing to forgive, finding freedom together, that's part of my story. I told you about the wound that came from my biological father, right? I felt like he rejected me. He wasn't a part of my life. He wasn't there. So I had this bitterness and this hostility. The pain of rejection created this incredibly painful family wound. And I tried to deal with it. I tried to repress it. I tried to pretend it wasn't a problem. Then I tried to sit in resentment. I don't need to know anything about him. I don't need to deal with this. Then I tried to avoid it every way possible. Every way possible to avoid it. I even tried to meet him. And I met him. I sat down with him and I thought, if I meet him, this will heal the wound. If I meet him, this will make everything okay. And it didn't. It didn't heal the wound. And I felt a little bit alone, but the support of my family, I had my wife, my friends, my family, they came along with me and I, I joined Peeling the Onion here at City Church and I had a group of people that supported me through this and they helped me get to a place where I could choose to forgive. I could acknowledge the wounds and I could forgive, but it was a choice. I never felt like forgiving. There wasn't a time where I said, okay, today's the day that I'm gonna forgive. I held on to it for a very long time. Finally, I decided I was going to forgive. And with the help of others, together we find that freedom. I forgave. I decided to forgive. And at first, nothing changed. I was still bitter, I was still hostile, but over time, days, weeks, months, years, my feelings started to follow my decision. And I continued to stay, okay, I decided to forgive. The feelings are gonna come, the feelings are gonna come. And over time, my feelings got in line with that decision. I started to feel like I forgave him. And only recently, only not too long ago, I actually feel forgiveness, and I'm free. I'm free. And once you're free, you don't ever wanna go back to slavery. I want you guys to be free too. That freedom has been incredible in my life, and I want you to experience that in your life too, and that's why you have to forgive. See, there's a dam of forgiveness. This is the picture. So I was praying about this talk, 
I was researching this talk, and as I was praying, God gave me a picture. He doesn't always do that. If God gives you a picture, you're not crazy or you're not going insane. Sometimes God will do that, okay? God gave me that for this talk, and he gave me a picture of a dam of forgiveness. You know a dam that holds back water like the Hoover Dam? There's a dam of forgiveness, and it's over our head, and it's buckling like a ceiling tile during a storm. When you have a hole in the roof, you know what I'm talking about, and it leaks through, and the ceiling tile starts to buckle, There's a dam of forgiveness that is over our heads today that is ready to break, and we need to break it. You need to break it. It's not just me standing up here talking to you. We can break that today, and forgiveness will pour out all over our lives. Forgiveness will pour out where you thought there was no forgiveness. There'll be grace. There'll be grace for you, grace for others, and grace when you apologize to others. This dam of forgiveness needs to be broken. We cannot have it because it's pent up and all of our wounds are festering, are infected because we haven't broken the dam. We need to break the dam today. Can I get an amen? Amen. We need to break the dam of forgiveness today. Are y'all with me? Okay, because forgiveness is gonna pour out on our lives. It's gonna pour out all over you and it's gonna be in you and you can make that decision. Let's pray. Father, if we've never experienced your forgiveness God, if you're sitting here and you've never experienced God's forgiveness, you're not sure about this God thing. You don't know what this God thing is all about, but you know that you want to be forgiven. You know you want your sins forgiven. You know you want freedom in your life. You know you want to be able to forgive. All you have to do is believe. Because when you believe in the name of Jesus, your sins are forgiven in his name. And all you need to do is just pray a little prayer. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe you have the power to forgive me. Jesus, I believe you have the power to wipe the slate clean. Father, I pray for all the people, all the people that are gonna seek forgiveness and say, I'm sorry. Give them the courage, Father. It's taking a risk. Give them the courage to say, I'm sorry, no matter what the situation is. And Father, for those of us that need to forgive, we're gonna forgive right now. We're not giving an option. We're gonna break that dam right now. That damn dam. God, if you need to forgive somebody, and that's everybody in this room, I want you to take that person in your mind. Who's that person? You've been thinking about them since the talk started, so I know it's there. Take that one person in your mind that you need to forgive, and I want you to pray this way. And I'm gonna give you a little bit of silence. You don't need to say it out loud, but sometimes it's more effective that way. You're gonna say, today I forgive blank, and insert the person's name for blank, whatever they did to you. So you're gonna say, today I forgive blank for blank. Take a moment to do that right now. That is what breaks the dam, those decisions. And it's breaking right now. I know that it's not easy to do, but thank you for doing it. You're gonna find freedom, and it's not gonna happen today. This is like a seed planted. This is a seed planted that's gonna become a mighty oak, bigger than you can imagine, a mighty oak of freedom, if you made that decision to forgive right now. God, thank you that you forgave us so we can forgive. In your name, amen.